Hello, everybody, ladies and germs. Welcome to the Honest Bicycle Program. <laughs> What's that? With it's it's a new name. Wow. What? What? Yeah. Crazy. And there's gonna be there's gonna be no discontinuity between the name given at the beginning of this show and the next show. But enough of that. None at all. Uh, of course, I'm Greg, and with me, with me as always in Minneapolis, it's Matteo. Yeah, that's the truth. Hey. And also, also. It's Francis Morrison Woo! in East Hampton. West Hampton. But close, West, close oh, enough. Same whatever. Zip Holy wows. How, how you doing, Francis? I'm doing good. How you doing, Greg? I'm I'm doing okay. I'm I'm actually already feeling significantly better. Um there were I, I, I accidentally was arguing about things on Facebook like you do, and uh that's just that was the way of pain. Yeah, it's always the way of pain. I tried to I yeah. said that. Was this an argument about like the the relationship of the the Hamptons to each other because West Hampton is west of Northampton, but Northampton is north of East Hampton, which is south. Don't of don't North even Hampton. try to make sense of the Hamptons. It's it's all like local knowledge. You know, you time warp <laughs> into another one, and you know some of them have the same zip code. It's it's all very very weird. And I'm not sure there's a South Hampton. There's also the controversy of Florence. You know. Yeah, it's it's all very incestuous. It, yes, it's, it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird situation. So, uh, listeners, you might recall, I hope. I hope loyal listeners who've been with us for a long time. About a year ago, Francis did a couple shows with us discussing the, um, what, Tree Gate? Well, it was more like Junior Gate at uh, CX Nats in Austin. And now she's back. And uh, you're going to be hopefully seeing a lot more of her. So, um, round of applause, everyone. Yay! And... <laughs> Yay! Yes, part of Yay for Francis me. is part of our team. And we're really pretty excited about that. So, all right, uh, we might as well get going. Uh, so, I, uh, before we kind of move into our main agenda, I was just wondering how, uh, I don't know, how's winter going for you guys? Like, you prepping? You riding? What's going on? Well, you know, I would say that winter is fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, so you all had this big old snowstorm, which was very exciting, and everyone got to experience the same thing. Correction, and... it was it was not that big. I didn't get uh, any snow at all. I got zero snow, uh, negative snow. Ridiculous. And we got six inches, which was you know. Are you see? You only got six inches in Boston. We only got six. There was a dramatic cutoff. Um, yeah, I, we I was kind of I was right, right on the line. I would have taken any inches. Which Jeez. don't take that out of context. <laughs> you are moving swiftly on. <laughs> uh, right. <clears throat> well, we got six of the inches. It wasn't, you know, it was slippery. Um, I tried to, I, I wanted to go to, someone was having a party, and I thought, I'll hop in the car. I've driven in snow, and I got half a mile down the street, and I was like, mm, someone's going to put me in a ditch. So Did, I'm did you hit a Yeti, Greg? <laughs> Uh, yes. I hear yes. they come out when it snows. I wouldn't know because I, I don't have any snow here, but... The rare Boston <laughs> Yeti. I was just driving along and there he was. So, over here in, in Minnesota, in winter, all of the crows in the United States of America convene into one godforsaken, foreboding murder of crows that squawks and lives in my neighborhood. That sounds terrible. It's it's actually like a really comforting reminder that we're all doomed. 
That sounds um, very gothic horror. It's so it's gothic, gothic horror. I, I yeah. went for a walk to get a bottle of cider, which I am currently enjoying. And as I was walking, I looked above, and there was just like a stream of crows, like a like a just a a swarm flying by. And for like the five minute duration of my walk, and then I went into the liquor store, and that was a few minutes, and they came out, and I was walking home. Like it was just this constant stream of crows going by and squawking and that was just like the tip of the iceberg that was one of the like edge groups of this gigantic murder of crows oh that's funny that you're so intimidated by them because i've, I've actually made made peace with the crows they uh they protected the durin chickens when we had them we no longer have durin chickens but Aww. when we had them the crows were kind of like our our uh chicken protectors they didn't move the, the chickens with them to England, did they? They tried. They put them all in suitcases, but the chickens um, didn't make it past customs, and so now they live on a farm <laughs> somewhere else. Oh. No, they, they didn't actually try to take the chickens with chickens, them. Chickens in a suitcase. <laughs> it's like, yes, everybody, the Durans are terrible people who abuse chickens. No, that's not true. No, I, I imagined it more like a sort of, like, you know, children's storybook way of, like, the Durans take the chickens to England, like, and now the chickens are going through customs, and, and now, the, the, oh, no, the chickens have been delayed by TSA. What if they miss their flight? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> The the chickens are voluntarily submitting to uh, a pat down instead of X rays. Yeah, they don't they don't like people to see what they have with their feathers. It's a lot of knives. <laughs> I really like this children's book. <laughs> it's it's like written the, by yeah. me. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah right. The the Durans, their chickens, and uh, it's a commentary on security theater. It is. Yep. In airports. All right. Well, okay. For me, winter's been going okay, personally. Uh, it's not been very wintry as such. So I ride bikes a lot. I'm I'm getting getting prepped. Uh, it, it turns out that this is the season. Apparently, the season of buying things for next season never ends. No, it's, that's a continuous season. Yeah, it's it's making it's making my wallet extremely sad. Uh, but I like that I'm gonna season be ready. though. Yeah, well, the latest thing, actually, I mean, we were, <laughs> I was talking with Matty about this, is uh, I was trying to figure out my headset conundrum. I gotta get, I gotta get low, but uh, it's hard to find, hard to find a low stack headset ah. for a, for an external cup thing. Anyway, that's probably, I don't know, any, any, any other, any other winter thoughts? Uh, I we... mean, my winter's been going pretty uh, normally in that I am doing minimal bike riding, Um which is Woot. weird because we actually have weather to do bike riding, but instead Ooh. I've just been drinking a bunch of wine. But Ooh. which is comparable is to biking, strategy. but slightly different. It can also be physically demanding. It is. <laughs> it is also physically demanding. But no, I, it's hopefully I will accept that we're not getting winter in West Hampton, and then I will just start training a bunch because I've kind of been like waiting to take out my skis and my snowboard and my fat oh, bike yeah. but eh, it's not happened yet i mean you can yeah. ride fat bikes in non-snow but yeah but why it's actually they're really fun i would recommend it anyone to anyone listening who has a fat bike who only thinks that they can ride them in snow you can ride them all over the place especially sand pits they're awesome in sand pits oh that i bet is true they're well, also a really great workout when you try and uh carry them up and down your stairs in your house 
or get lost mm. in the woods and carry them up and down rock faces. <laughs> also <laughs> difficult. I did want to. I did want to call out one little thing about the weather. Well, the East Hampton weather, I guess, because uh, people probably know that Jeremy Powers has been doing a new video series called the The Book of Cross. Uh, and he did the Book of Cross number two recently came out, and one of the things he was talking about in it was, oh yes, I live in Western Massachusetts, and one of the nice things is the weather never really gets too hot or too cold, and out here, and that's great. And I thought, and I, and I saw that and I was like, boy, uh, I guess that's technically true compared to like, well, Minnesota or something, but I lived in Western Massachusetts for years, and not too cold isn't really how I would describe the winter there. It can but... get cold. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I just thought that was funny. But it, it is true that it does not become... There's no bulletproof ice, or at least not much of it, in uh, Western Mass. No, you would you would shoot the fish. They'd be very unhappy. <laughs> I meant that's a, that's a that's a um, that's a deep cut to to bulletproof ice, apparently covering the roads of Minneapolis. So, all right. Well, uh, we well we, hey, hmm. Uh, I was gonna jump in. I was gonna interject. Oh yeah. Okay. Go. I was gonna interject. do a, a seamless transition into the wintertime phenomenon that is the cyclocross world championships. Of cyclocross. Wow, I didn't even notice, but somehow we're talking about something different now. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm kind of a smooth operator. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, worlds happened. What were we going to do? Let's. Yeah. Well, so let's do this. Here's 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 what we did. I think we should tell our audience that we did a thing. We <laughs> talked to each other last week, and we said, "Write down your predictions for worlds. Put them in an envelope." And then we'll do, instead of just, like, talking about it, we can do a reveal of what we thought would happen, what did happen, and how we felt about it. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, well, I don't know. Who You want to open your envelope first since you're already talking? Sure. So maybe we should go through chronologically speaking, right? Mm -hmm. So start with U23 women, go to elite women, and then U23 men, and go to elite men. Hmm. And go around. That's a good idea. Let's just go around. So, well, yeah. yeah. So, U23 women. I said, I really wanted to see how Ellen Noble does. Um, that was basically my main comment. I didn't know what else would happen. Yeah. Okay. She got sixth place, and that was cool. I thought, oh, was it sixth? Yep, it was sixth mm -hmm. place. That's right. It was, I was got confused. It was uh, it was Katie Antonone in eighth later. Oops, sorry, spoiler. Uh, by the way, spoilers <laughs> for Cyclocross Worlds. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was, Ellen Noble was basically in my U23 women's envelope. Uh, I honestly thought, and I think this might have been a little bit, um, I don't know, uh, blind, um, not sure what the word, optimism, but I thought Ellen Noble's going to be on that podium. Uh, I was hoping uh, for that. I uh, yeah. thought that would happen too. Yeah, I was definitely hoping for that, and I definitely thought it was going to happen. It didn't. She looked like she was really happy with her race. Um, so that's good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Any, you know who if, else if looked like she was anymore. really happy with her race? Is that British woman that nobody heard uh, of? I want to say Liz, Lizzie Richards. Is that right? Oh, wait, the British woman who won the race? Who won. Yeah. Um, she had not been on my radar screen at all. She had not no. competed internationally in cyclocross She had never before. left. Um, she only did, uh, I was talking to Gabby about this, Gabby Duran. 
Um, mm-hmm. She had only done the national series in the UK. She is a World Cup mountain biker, but in terms of cyclocross, literally only did just like um, national series, had never raced anywhere else in Europe and like commented on like people are like, oh, what what do you think about winning worlds? And she's like, well, it was great. This is my first time racing in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> that was it was amazing, and she crushed it. And I, I don't know anything about her as a rider, obviously, because we've never really seen her before. But it seemed pretty clear that those technical skills uh, were pretty helpful. Yeah, she definitely crushed it. I don't think she necessarily thought that she was going to win the race or how much of a big deal that was because i remember listening to her interview of what her tactics were and she was like oh well you know i kind of started like second to last row and i figured i would just get out in front of everyone and pedal hard it's like yeah and you did and you won the damn race good that's, good that's job how you do that yeah. she's really young too like i think she's 17 or 18 oh my goodness so yeah because the u23 is effectively a combined junior u23 field yep. yeah yep so look out for her i guess yeah, if uh, she continues to race cyclocross, cool. I mean, she may just, you know, go back to mountain bikes and we might never see her again then, but... That's true, that's true. We might never see her on a cross bike again, but... Speaking uh, of U23 women we might never see on a cross bike again. Uh, yeah. So there was one other thing that... Worth mentioning No one expected. <laughs> the entire cyclocross world championships were batshit insane, and a motor was found in the bicycle of Femke van den Brisha which is just a fun name to say, who did not finish the U23 race. Uh, she was touted as a podium favorite. And she probably doesn't have much of a career anymore now that she has a motor in her bike that allegedly uh, didn't actually belong to her, belonged to a friend, whatever. There's some other crazy story about people stealing parrots that are, like, related to her. <laughs> well, this is... This is... Parrots? <laughs> He, yeah, yeah. It, is it, it's either her brother and her father or the friend who allegedly owns her motorized bike and his father are parakeet thieves. Well, this is this is because, you know, Francis, what's going on is we're at the part of the story, right? And everyone can be familiar, <laughs> will, will be familiar with this process. We're at the part of the story where everyone is digging up all the dirty laundry on her family and, oh, yeah, of course. you know, that... I don't That's know, how you do it. Air it all out to once. Dry. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's like, oh, yes, her brother, you know, is serving a suspension for doping with Epo, and uh, yeah, there's this parrot thing, and too many oh, for parrots. various reasons, the family, yeah, too many parrots. So the, the family's, uh, <laughs> you know, shady. Um, her uncle once farted in church and didn't admit to it. Just like. I, I read that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> And it's a little, that part's like, honestly, even though it's like, yeah, cheating and what the hell and, oh man, this sucks. Eh, I don't know. That just rings as a little distasteful to me. I, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny though, that given the best excuse that she could come up with is like, ah, uh, it's not my bike. And it's like, really, <laughs> really not your yeah. bike at the world championships. It's like, that works like in elementary school but yeah that's the the money was only resting in my account yeah it was uh, just it was, taking, it was taking a break there for a minute um but i mean she also definitely um or you know whoever orchestrated the motor of the bike thing uh she definitely pissed off all of the elite women riders 
pretty effectively, um, which I think is, you know, fair to say, because there's been a lot of, like, um, considering going back to airing of laundry to do that for a minute, despite Greg believing it did poor taste, there's been a lot of, like, of the elite women going back on races that they've done with her and being like, wait a minute. She blew by me like I was standing still. Like, it, it, no, you know, if you're Nikki Harris and someone says, she says that about someone, that kind of raises some eyebrows. So I, I guess she also had some results this year that were um, eyebrow raising. Um, and people are now revisiting that and, like, looking at video and being like, yeah, she's going, like, twice as fast as Nikki Harris going up that hill. That's Oh, yeah, possible. yeah. The, and... the one that's really gotten a lot of play is the video from uh, Kolpenberg Cross. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, but, and it's impossible so to be that's certain. The... Uh, sorry, Matty. No, no, saying? no. Go for it. Yeah. Well, so I was going to say it's really... impossible. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you said go ahead. You said to go ahead. I did, it. and then I thought you did too, and then it, uh... we got all fakakta. All right. I'll, it'll take it'll take uh, five seconds. Uh, you can see a lot of things in the video, video, and uh, I'm not saying that she wasn't using a motor. She probably has used it before, but it's hard. It's hard to be sure, you know that. But, oh, yeah, but it's, it's all something... speculative. But yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, Matty, sorry. Well, the thing that's really interesting is that this isn't just, like, internet fans kind of digging up absurd, speculative notions. It's like, like Francis pointed out, Nikki Harris was tweeting things like, oh, so that's how she did that at Copenberg Cross. Right. It's not like, you know, people being like, let's make crazy theories. It's like, you know, her actual competitors who are, you know, in my mind, the, the really only people who have the, you know, if you would say, the right to be pissed off about this. You know, because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that was my podium finish, or that's, you know, I made a bunch less money because you potentially cheated in that bike race. So. And, like, you, you kind of know when everybody's wasted and, like, one other person has a magical extra gear. Right. Especially yeah. when Some, they are you know, sometimes... not usually riding with that group of people, and suddenly they yeah. are. And suddenly they're not only riding with them... But passing them at yeah, a good dropping clip, them. Uh, dropping them. Ten, ten, ten seconds. The, the the second fastest climb of the Kopenberg um, of the hill on that course was Helen Wyman, and she was like ten seconds faster, which is like wow. And again, maybe that's just maybe she just had good legs that day, or maybe she had uh, you know a, a motor going. So anyway, it's, it's something that's been rumored for a long time, and it's kind of weird that it it. I don't know. You wouldn't have expected it to come out in like the first U23 Women's Cyclocross World Championship race as like the first place that one of these things would actually be found. Well, it's but... it's kind of surprising if if there's all the speculation that they're being used all over the place that this is the first time that they've been found because you'd think like I mean, how hard is it to detect a motor in a bike? I mean, the bike's going to weigh more than, you know, it typically would and I mean I, I, I don't know. It's, it, if you're really going to look for motors and bikes, and it's, it's as simple as like you know, popping out the sea tube and being like, "Ooh, what's in here? Is it an old hot yeah. dog or is it a motor? <laughs> it is, is it a motor or is there no motor here?" <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super weird. It's super weird. Like I, I, I do because they were doing all the X-rays, and I guess they're not testing every bike and everything, but. Uh, yeah, which is why a lot of people were like, this isn't happening. Come on. This is crazy pants. And it was like, oh, man, never mind. I well, guess this is, we this is one this of those series. things where, like, you know, someone that you know on the Internet is who's not a bike racer is going to come across this story because it's getting play in all these, like, major or semi-major Internet news outlets. And they're going to be like, 
wow, cycling's so messed up. They're using motors now. But, you know, (laughs) this is one of those things where, like, the fact that it was, you know, a young racer struggling to go pro who was caught and not, like, I don't know, some epidemic of, of like, high-level racer or, like, you know what I mean? Like, this story is proof that, like, the, like, fraud detection is working, not that the cheating is endemic. That's what we hope. I think. That is the hope. I think you have more faith in that than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I have a lot of faith in bike racing for some reason. I have faith in bike racing. I don't have faith in bike racing governing bodies. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. All right. um, That's probably enough of that, right? That's enough of that. Okay, yeah, let's move on to other things. Because there was, uh, as, you know, Matty already said, pretty much every race had some crazy, crazy stuff going on. So we should probably have U23 men next and go around the table uh, for that. I, yeah, let's I'll, do that. I'll, I'll go first. Um, I, uh, I might have missed the U23 men's race. I, I set my alarm... I set my alarm the night before after having gotten up at like 6.45 on a Saturday to make waffles and watch the various women's races. <laughs> and uh, and I, I set my alarm for 6.45 on Sunday and I looked at that and I said, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this again. Well, wasn't and the race changed. actually at 5 a.m.? Uh, no, I think it started at 7 or started at 7 it was, uh, it, was a, it was a rough situation. I'm pretty sure it was 5 a.m. Because I remember I, I woke up to watch it at 7 a.m. That might be the junior men's on um, maybe, maybe I'm crazy, but I, I remember distinctly waking up at 6.45 and being in bed and being like, where is race? Ah! And then like, think... looking at it and being like, oh, it happened two hours ago. Okay. I think that was the junior men's race on Saturday because they did that Saturday morning at stupid. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was a reasonable time over in Belgium, but... Uh, it was the butt crack of dawn here on I, the East Coast. While yep. you guys are arguing about what time it happened at, I want to go back to the reminder that crazy things were happening, and this was just another race where oh, crazy yeah, stuff happened. Oh, yeah, I know happened. what you're, you're going to mention, because I, 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 I do actually know kind of the highlights. Go on, Matty. Yeah, yes, so yes. with one lap to go, this Czech dude named Adam Tupolik sprints for the, basically like sprints, like opens up a gap and thinks that he's winning the race and sits up and celebrates and everyone else is riding through the start-finish like, Bruh, bell's ringing now, dude. <laughs> um, and, oh. like, he wound up finishing second, and... So rough. Though barely. Ba- barely, like, like in a in a fairly close sprint, but... And, you know, the the winner, Eli Iserbite, who, like, was messing around at the front of some elite races this year, was like, yeah, you know, he, like, he threw down that one match, and the, I knew that he had spent an effort and that last lap was really hard, but I knew that if I was able to like get to within striking distance of the line on his wheel, then I'd have it. And like, (laughs) that's awesome. And it sucks and it's hilarious. And that's awesome. Yeah. I, I saw a lot. The, I, I did see on, uh, I'm a fool. I was on Reddit and I saw like a thread of someone being like, ha, ah, look at this dope. What an idiot. Da, 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 da. I was like, come on. Like the guy, you know, posting up early. And it was like, I remember, well, you know, 
I'm not going to claim to be some kind of old guy racer or anything like that. Um, I've been racing eight years. It's not that long in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, I've, I've done it for a while, and it's hard to keep track of what's going on in a race situation sometimes. It happens to everyone at some point. I know the first three races I did, I had no clue what lap I was on. Obviously, he's been racing. You know, it's not his first three races. But I don't know. I'm just overcome with sympathy because that can totally happen. Yeah. I find that totally understandable. It's true. You can be so yep. punch drunk with fatigue that you're just like seeing stars and you don't know what lap it is. It could be lap 100. Yeah. And the whole like, oh, but the bell's ringing. Can't you hear the bell ringing? It's like, well, yeah, you've already committed to attacking there and you're too busy being like, oh my God, a world champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, before it kind of sinks in like, why is bell sound? Yep. Exactly. Especially when there are like 50,000 screaming people. Yeah. Yeah, and it can be hard in just like a podunk little crit sometimes to hear the bell. Yeah. You know? Because you're just not, not because it's like not audible, because like your brain is just focused on other things. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like I've gotten to ow. like the last couple laps in a crit and like looked at the riders around me and been like, is this the last lap? Are we on the last lap <laughs> right now? And of course, you know, some people will be like, will tell me the truth and others will be like, oh, sweet. She thinks this is the last lap that she's going to totally burn a match. <laughs> And they just yeah, like, no, I've, to I've totally like, lied to uh, people when they've asked how many laps there are. Yeah, the right thing to do when you're not sure if it's the last lap is definitely not to ask other people if it's the last one. Maybe I'm just I mean, being naive. You can try. But if somebody said that to me, I would tell them the truth. Because I would rather beat someone fair and square than have them burn everything in their tank thinking it was the last lap. <laughs> no, I mean, that's true. I probably would. I'm I'm too nice for my... Well, actually, that's not true. I'm a total jerk in a race, but... Fran Francis, still. that's a very sporting approach. I mean, I will, and... I will totally elbow someone into a light post on the last corner, but, I mean, I want them to know that it's the last corner. <laughs> that's hilarious. You're like... I'll chinzano somebody with my frame pump, but only if they know what lap it is. Totally. <laughs> it, it not personal. Besides, that lamppost doesn't look too hard. You'd be okay. I mean, I would never, you know. <laughs> I know. But, you know, a gentle shoulder nudge here and there is warranted sometimes. <laughs> Rubbin's racing. Uh, that's, yeah, yep. Rub, Rubbin's racing. It's like, ha ha, I chop you into Stonewall. Yes, yes. More, <laughs> for 35th place. <laughs> Uh, Who is this Russian alter ego of yours, Greg? I don't know. Uh, I think he's the guy from the American Flyers movie. Oh. It's like his yes. inner monologue. That, that bearded, gigantic guy. Yeah. The, the Boy, the best part about that movie is how this enormous, like, basically spherical bearded man is uh, able to be... Like the 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 main threat for the win in this race in the Colorado Rockies. I like that. That's your and, your inner cycling monologue persona, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, and he's uh, and he's evil because he's Russian and it's 1985. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, come on. You know, if you're gonna have to, yeah. And the <laughs> Russians are like, as we all know. Well, and you know. Consider the the context of this is like five years after Miracle on Ice. Like everyone knows that our greatest sporting rivals are the Soviets. So if you need like a really powerful, you know, sports villain, and the year is 1985, you know, well, it must be the Russians. Yeah, it has yeah. to be the Russians. Yeah, well, who else is going to be? Come on. Uh, all right. Um, so now on, on to the elite races, right? 
Yes. Right. Crazy stuff happening. <laughs> Crazy stuff happening all over the place. Oh, okay. All right, Francis, Perfect. what did you think was going to happen in the Elite Women's Race? Uh, in the Elite Women's Race? I mean, like, personally, I thought that was the most exciting race of the day. I'm, I'm the mm-hmm. biased uh, because of my experience racing in the women's elite field. Um, but, I mean... Go on, I brush guess... your shoulder off. <laughs> I'll just brush my shoulder off there. Um, <laughs> I guess, like, I really was rooting for Nikki Harris. Um, maybe that's my, also my housing bias of living with a Brit. So, yeah, it gets me all excited about all the British things happening. Um, but, yeah, I think going into it, I, I was rooting for, for Nikki Harris to take it. Um, but I knew it was going to be hotly uh, contested by by kind of at least those four. I, I wasn't expecting Monty, actually, but at least those three riders. And then to have uh, Elisa Dayon just come out of nowhere and just rip everyone to pieces was amazing. <sighs> Yeah, that was nuts. Oh my that was god, crazy! She literally was not even in the frame for the first three laps of the race, and then she all of a sudden oh, yeah. appears out of nowhere, and Gabby spots her, and she's like, "Oh, she's tough. She could take it." And I was like, "What? What are you? What are you talking about? She wasn't even <laughs> like these guys have been battling it out. Like obviously, like one of one of the four already like up there is, is going to take it, and then all of a sudden she just like rides through all of them and is like, "I will take this championship. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go Dutch all over the place." <laughs> so, so the thing that I I couldn't shake, you know, before the race, like I Sonicon has been so good, and like she she wanted it so bad, she did, <clears throat> and like I I really thought that she was going to win by a long shot, but the other like crazy thing about the women's elite race is that like. If you look at the top 10 from the recent World Cups, like, so many of those women have won big races this year. Like, Sophie DeBoer, Sana Khan, Nikki Harris, Jolene Verschuren, Helen Wyman, Ava Lechner, Ellen Van Loy, Pavla Havlikova, like, Katie yeah, Compton's they're, they're there. they're all contenders. Like, it's like, like, you know, depending the, yeah, on how they're feeling on the day, they're all potentially contenders. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's mind-boggling how many possibilities there are for the races because they're, like, they're so, like competitive right now and then this group of four shakes out and it's like anybody can win i mean all right maybe it was like sort of a surprise that caroline money was in there but like sophie DeBoer won the previous weekend everyone was expecting sonicon to win but then two laps into the race like i thought that nikki harris was going to solo away well that's what it looks like yeah <sighs> i think that's yeah, and ava lechner was chasing like 15 seconds behind like that's what makes to me the the women's race the most exciting race of of the weekend because you have that depth of field and so it's not just going into it being like well unless you know a meteor falls out of the sky like probably Vanderpool is gonna win or like you know one of like a, a few selection of like elite elite guys in the men's race um, you have you know this this huge depth of field in the women's race to be like ooh it could actually be anyone's race you know depending on you know, who has a good start, where things shake down, you know, we can get a group of, like, these five riders, these five riders, and so that makes it really interesting, and then to have them all together like that, and to know that, you know, any of them could ride away, but they're all kind of equal in standing makes the whole race, like, edge of your seat. It's not like, I'm gonna go away and have another coffee because I already know the winner. (laughs) Yeah, that that depth of field in in the women's racing has been really pretty it's it's made it very difficult to make predictions like over the last couple years it's been really cool uh 
so yeah, I, I I thought basically I was like I don't even know what to think like you know probably I was like well I'm you know sure Sonic Hunt's gonna be up there and oh, Helen Wyman's been having a good season uh, you know maybe she'll be up there and uh, you know Ava Lechner also you know been doing, you know so I just all these thoughts but but you know so I, many I'm still and not feelings. so many thoughts <laughs> and feelings though you know and of course it's also like who's racing and you know I. Was, I always feel like I'm not as familiar with with the women yet as I should be. Shame on me. Um, so that makes it a little bit harder. So I have, I have a less less of a clear idea of who's better on in what conditions or, or or whatever. So it was it was difficult. I thought, oh, you know, Katie Compton. I don't know. Sort of flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, there's a there's a cycling journalism term for you. Um, so I was like, ah, she'd be really cool if she could do it, but I just think... Uh, she got know. so sick, though, that I think yeah, she got her really chances sick. were kind of unfortunately mixed. Yeah, but but yeah, but like you said, it's like you have this group, and, and it's, yeah, Caroline Monty and Sonic Khan just, like, banging heads against each other, and then Nikki Harris goes off the front, and um, uh, we had um, uh, Sophie DeBoer in there for a little while. Um, it just... Uh, such cool, cool stuff going on. And then, um, yeah, DeYoung bridges up, and it was like, wait, what's going on? And then she's like, okay, hey, everybody, uh, train's leaving the station. <laughs> so I, I, think, so cool. I think that I think that DeYoung rode each lap of that race faster than her previous one. Yep. Yeah, I think I heard that. Yeah, negative like splits. negative splits the whole race. That's a spend move. That's ah, oh, it's just, it's just so crazy. And then like Caroline Money, not oh, exactly man. coming out of nowhere because she's always been like a a top five possible, but like this is her probably her best result ever. Yeah, I mean and, she's had a breakout uh, World Cup season this year. Yeah. yeah, and like she also probably put in, like sometimes you see someone like surviving their way to a great result, but she was always like keeping that group back together. Like she was chasing people the whole race she's such a fun racer to watch too because she's such like a oh, yeah. terrier she just like <laughs> she races with her whole body and like yeah. her tongue's hanging out and she's like what bobbing and weaving and she's and i mean so she's also French. such like a fierce personality too i mean like don't yeah, ever cross really caroline cool. money you will possibly rip your arms out of their sockets yeah my minor my minor <laughs> pro encounter story actually is pre-riding the course um at Gloucester and uh you know this was you know and as as per kind of usual procedure there's a race finishing up and um Caroline Monty was there basically being a guard dog to make sure that no one rode up into the racers who were still finishing their last lap she threatened to oh, kill that's anyone. awesome <laughs> uh she didn't threaten to kill anyone didn't get quite that extreme but uh she was brooking she would not brook any nonsense from anyone oh yeah she doesn't take shit I was I was like I was like I will stay behind you, Caroline Money. You get to pick the lines because you're the pro, and I am just a guy. I remember her, <laughs> but that's also that's also particularly awesome because she's like defending people still finishing up like the dregs of their race. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally and awesome. I mean, you know, and it was probably like the women's three or something like that. So yeah, yeah. I remember her her cyclocross magazine interview when she first came over for her first season in the U.S. Um, years years ago. Um, and it was really funny because she was like, well, I am French, but I do not like wine and I do not like cheese. And they'd be like, <laughs> ah, like what are you? 
It's like, do you like cigarettes? Sacrebleu. <laughs> what else is there? Do you like stripy shirts and berets? <laughs> you must like one of those things. You are French. Do you Possibly like existentialist music? philosophy? Oh. How do you feel about Sartre? <laughs> but anyway, I mean, like Caroline, she's she's awesome. She's such a such a good competitor, such a good racer. She always races, you know, until she's literally dead on the course. Um, and so, you know, all of those women are really fun to watch. So I thought the the women's race was uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was be, awesome. Be, because of her her head bobbing and tongue sticking outness. You know, it's hard and her Frenchness, despite the whole not liking cigarettes thing. It's um, it's hard not to compare her a little bit to Thomas Vokler, but the the difference is that Vokler always acts like he's pretending, and Caroline Money always acts like she's trying to tear her bike to pieces. Yes, she acts like anything in her way is going to just be bulldozed. I would not want to be a wall in yeah. her way. She would just go right through me, leave a giant <laughs> hole through me. Also, also because because I at least am a biased nationalist pig. Um, Shout out! Shout out to to Katie Antino with eighth place. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a oh, phenomenal I, result. Can I go back to opening the envelope? Because a week ago I wrote down Katie Antino will be the best placed American woman in this race. Yeah, good bet. Good bet. But I mean, like that's kind of been you know the way she's been going all season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially with it's just, you know, o- the World it's just Cup always podium easy to had. like. Yeah, it's just always easy to like. To hope that Katie Compton's gonna win everything. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, um well. you know, Caitlin Antonio has just been so consistent this season, and you know, it's like she doesn't have like a very, um, you know, overstated style when riding. She just like no. gets it done, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's there she is on the podium. You're like, whoa, how'd she get there? But you know, she just like, you know, quietly rides through everybody. Mm-hmm clean yeah. she's like a clean rider she is a very clean rider very clean yeah. very consistent yeah mm-hmm. very 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 um what's the word a very technician kind of approach just get it done yeah so anyway she's she's had a, a kind of a long steady development and i hope she keeps getting better um okay uh and now uh we're going to be ending on the elite men um i will i will open my envelope my Crazy envelope. things happened at CX Worlds. Oh my god. Well, I'm opening my envelope and it says things on it like, uh, you know, Vanderpool on the podium and very likely win and it has Wout Van Art on the podium. Uh, let's see. It says uh, Sven somewhere, Sven Ness somewhere <laughs> Sven in the top will ten. Be somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I was like, eh, he might finish around eighth, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, I don't know what else I had. Uh, I think I had boring breakaway. Um, I think I had, uh, I don't know, Lars Vanderhaar will be up there. Things like that. And then I watched the race and I was like, what is going on? So, so wait, hold on a second. So Greg, that was your, that was your 30 seconds of prediction. Francis, what were your 30 seconds of prediction for the men's race? I mean, my prediction was actually very boring and it was pretty much just like, Vanderpool's gonna win. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, you yeah. know, after his, his performance the previous weekend, he's kind of like, okay, yeah, I guess he's just going to take it. Um, but I was really excited to see. Um, I, I am personally a big um, Vander Haar fan. So yeah, me too. I was oh, me like too. that spicy little right. meatball. I was excited to, <laughs> to see um, 
to see him up there and to see him actually like have a shot at it. And I, I was actually pretty devastated that he did win. Oh, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll, let's have Matteo open his envelope first. So my prediction was that while Van Art was hiding his form in Hugerheide when he finished like eighth or ninth or something like that, and my prediction was that he just rides away from the field. Um, I thought that Vanderpool was going to get second and that the race for third would be really good with Vanderhaar, Kepao, and Tom Mewson. Um, and that's not quite what happened. Obviously, like crazy things happened. Um, but yeah, I got to like seeing Lars off the front due to that insane foot in wheel situation between yeah, Rob let's and just, Matthew. Let's just, let's just start with that. Yeah. So basically, oh. there's there's the this this off camber uphill left this beautiful, turn. There's this, this beautiful turn. It's just a beautiful turn. It is amazing. Yeah. That was. And, <laughs> Such a crazy turn to watch because you're like, low looks bad, high looks bad. What's going on here? Yeah, how is this rideable? And it's it's really not if you're like a normal human, but somehow they were doing it. And uh, basically, front group is growing throughout the first half of the race. And uh, you know, uh, while Van Art and Vanderpool are watching each other, and um, Vanderpool got a little bit too excited going up the turn, and Wout was right on his wheel. You know, because I, I, I really think they were watching each other like hawks. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, Vanderpool's wheel goes and Wout hits him. But not only that, <laughs> Vanderpool steps at his wheel and it's like 10 seconds just trying to get themselves untangled. And like while... Wout, to his credit, remained extremely calm while Vanderpool's foot is stuck in his wheel and like they can't <laughs> get it out. They both did, actually. But it kind of just looked like a... Two guys just like accidentally like bumping into each other on the street, being like, "Oh, I'm sorry, sir. It seems the strap of my umbrella has gotten tangled up in your briefcase. Let's just untangle ourselves and be on our way." Yeah, and with, yeah. Meanwhile, Lars Vanderhaar sees this happen. Is like, "Well, I'm bro. I'm gonna blow this popsicle stand. See you guys." Uh, and and just rolls off up to like a twenty-something second lead at one point. Oh man, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy, and we were like, "What's happening? Oh my god!" Ah! You know, as as Vanderpool just like kind of falls apart a little bit, uh, it like comes off his bike on the downhill uh, at one point into the you know the poofy barriers, and you know while it's just riding steady to get back up. <laughs> just oh man, it was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. So it was so, kind of crazy wow. that Wout um, actually closed that gap that. Because not only did Vanderhaar put, like, that huge gap between him and the whole field, but he also, like, stood still for 10 seconds and still managed to close it. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is bonkers it was to me. Amazing. And so so that, like, underscores how crazy Wout's performance was. Because it, if that accident didn't happen, then, like, maybe Wout is riding away and winning this race by 30 seconds solo. Possibly. But instead, yeah. he's bridging up to Vanderhaar and, like, Having it, having the race come down to this like sick descent when Lars slices and dices Wout, and then oh. this like brutal like one-two punch of a run-up followed by a disgusting, sharp, steep climb. That was just brutal to watch to see Vanderhaar oh. just like couldn't make his legs move any faster, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah, was... He, yeah, and he said that he was in the big ring by mistake or something and it's like oh man and it's like that remount that he has that's kind of a little slower because his his remount form is bad uh well i mean i say bad you know it's all relative but i mean vanderpool has a bad slower. remount too it's kind of weird that like I, I, I don't know a bunch of these guys have 
weird remounts because it, it looked like, I mean, I think I tweeted this at um, Ian McCrossin when he was commentating the other weekend that Vanderpool, when he, he gets on the bike, looks like he's just smashing himself at the taint. He does. <laughs> he does look like that, actually. Which, it's, it's ow, rough. Why? Wow. Well, so little, this is a, maybe a bit of a digression, but so little of how, um, I don't understand how Vanderpool makes a bike work with <laughs> the way he rides it. Yeah. It, it's, it's so weird because he's got that ridiculous, uh, saddled handlebar drop, uh, just, and he kind of rides around with like his elbows locked. Yep. Seems like, um, and it's just like how what how and yet he's doing these amazing things. Um, he's just so technically proficient, and and you know always doing like the tail whips off the the jumps and all that stuff. And but I just, yeah, he he always looks like he's like about out to of control, explode and fall apart and crash. Yeah. Well, and and when I you know when he loses his composure, that does happen. You know, so it's. I'm it's trying to think of when I've crazy, seen that happen, but, though. Well, like when they were going, like when he was chasing after the incident, mm, and yeah, that it's happened. like in the back of the shot, a bunch of guys come down the hill, and then in the back of the shot, it's, um, Vanderpool like whoa, getting the hell off his bike, <laughs> like 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 dismounting, yeah, fast downhill sliding on his <laughs> yeah. feet Jettison, on the slippery dismount. ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He pulled the bicycle the was jettisoning its string beam. Yeah, he basically skied so, down that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the full-on butt slide, but it was pretty close. It was uh, pretty serious. So uh, cool, and I, I, I too, I was, I was very much pulling for, um, I was very much pulling for Vanderhaar to to make it work, and yeah, just uh, not quite. I was like, no, Lars, you'll get it someday. Uh, watch I hope. quit so bad. I know. I, I identify with Lars as a fellow short person <laughs> racing cyclocross like yeah you can do it he's, um, he's also just like a super nice guy too yeah which it seems like you can't say for all of the you know super elite european cyclocross racers yeah yeah so i was also really um pretty blown away by sven ness's performance um you know with a legit shot at the podium there he was like, yeah, I'm going to come oh, out and actually show you was, kids what's up. That was super touching. Just to, like, see him racing at the front, to see him, like, sitting up and totally saluting the crowd that was going bonkers to see him riding in for fourth. I mean, the dude is a legend, and I just think it's... I get a little bit emotional about things like this, and I got mm -hmm. a little bit emotional about this. Yeah, it was a nice finish. Yeah, it was a class act, for sure. It was It was also nice to see... Um, it. You know, I said this on Twitter, more or less going to be quoting myself there, but it, it also, it warms my tiny shriveled heart to see Kevin Powell's on the podium at the World Championships. Uh, I, I just like that guy. <laughs> I know he's, he's, he's an, you know, he's, he's an odd duck. Um, but I like that about him. I, I miss when he used to win races. That was nice. Hey, last year he won races. He won, uh, he won one of the super prestige races this year. Yeah, but like a a couple years ago, he was kind of on a storm and like won the World Cup. And... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was last year he won the World Cup. World Cup winner. He won the World Cup last year too. Yeah, that was him. Jeez. Okay. All right. Yeah, two years ago it was Lars. All right, K-Pow's still cool. Yeah, he's cool. I like. 
Yeah, and it was, you know, Vanderpool basically was third on course and then basically exploded, uh, from what I can tell, so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Any, any final thoughts on that? That it was, they were all pretty exciting races. It was like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like every, every day it was like, I watched the women's race and I was like, nothing's going to top that. And then I watched the <laughs> men's race and it was like, what is going on? Yeah. It was were so awesome good. races. So, I don't think, yeah, I don't think yeah. you could ask for like a better. And I felt this way after like the road world championships in Richmond too. Like, I don't know if you could ask for a better weekend of racing to watch. They were just all awesome races i'm sure they were awesome spectacles and like terrific spectator entertainment and oof, good stuff like i'm i'm like oof, i need a break yeah <laughs> i'm pretty glad that we're gonna have more you know even if it's just the two couple more a uh, couple of world cups in the u.s and you know just get a little bit more of of those people over here uh, occasionally because <laughs> make them fly and, make and them fly and well, because is such mm-hmm. a good race. Jingle Cross is such a good race. It's so awesome that it's a World Cup. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So, and because it was just so exciting, uh, you know, my first big spectator experience with cyclocross was the World Championships in Louisville, and it blew my mind. Also blew See, my you, mind. You, Straight out. You know of how, you know how Europeans like every now and then they come to the United States to race cyclocross and they they get interviewed and they're like, oh, it's uh, it is nice to race here in las vegas to represent my sponsors and it is very warm and early in the season (laughs) and the air is unpleasant and the course sure is uh ordinary and the grass is thick and we decided that we would ride our bicycles fast so it was a little bit difficult but whatever bro (laughs) like that's except they do it in a european accent right like that's kind of the interview yep yeah but Jingle Cross is a really hard course. It has a very significant hill and some very difficult plummets off of it. And I can't wait to see the best men and women in the world racing that course. I've, I've, I've ridden it. I've raced it. I've watched some of the best men and women in the United States race it. And it's really exciting that it's a World Cup. Are yeah. you two with me? Are you two with me? Emma? Is this well, I've never done all? Jingle Cross. I haven't and... either. <laughs> but, uh... It's tough to say. But, I mean, I'm excited for Very more good. U.S. World Cups, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's interesting that, you know, there was so much talk for so long about Providence being <laughs> a World Cup, and uh, I don't think that's... I don't know that that's really in the cards, but... Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about yeah having more because I thought I thought Las Vegas I thought uh, Cross Vegas as a World Cup was fun too and it's nice to see these kinds of courses um, in there and you know there's this line we keep mentioning this guy <laughs> Adam Meyerson <laughs> and his opinions on things on this show it's kind I've of funny. heard of him but but you know it, it, the point he he makes over and over again is that people people say eurocross but like there's kind of no such thing that w- when people say that they're kind of referring to flanders mm-hmm. um so it's good to see you know whether it's outside of you know belgium or outside of europe you know these different courses and and for people to kind of i don't know it's nice it's it's nice uh, when people can kind of get over having this sort of fixed idea of like, well, this is what real cross is and, and accept that, you know, it's, it's a big wide, it's a big wide world in that, you know, when people are like, Oh, you know, grass crits. And it's like the grass crit is part of cross. 
<laughs> like it's part of America it, Cross for sure. It's still apparently they do those in uh, Switzerland too. Basically, I think I think the only uh, cyclocross related term that I hate worse than grass crit is true cyclocross weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Honestly, mud mud's really annoying. What? Uh, I love mud. <laughs> Take it back. No. Take it back. I love racing. I love racing in mud. <laughs> I don't love what it does to my equipment. Okay, that's fair. And it's also like it's it's not the, the ideal. It's just part of what happens. Everything yeah. else is part of what happens too. It's my we idea. don't. We actually mud is very exciting here in New England because we don't get a lot of muddy races every year. Well, except for some years. Some years we have many muddy races. Some years we have no muddy races. Some years we have a nice medley. <laughs> he has a nice, mm, a nice fall mix. <laughs> a nice, nice rosé of, of conditions. <laughs> yeah, it's the the white wine with the red wine. Ah, uh, cyclocross. You are a a harsh mistress, but we love you. Um, it's right. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe that's the maybe that's the maybe that's the closing note. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, Cyclocross, thank oh. you for your many gifts. Oh, Cyclocross, oh, Cyclocross. <laughs> <laughs> However green your branches. <laughs> uh, all right. Don't put that in. <laughs> Too late. This has we... been the Honest Bicycle Program. I'm Greg. Who are you guys? I'm Francis. And I'm Matteo. Yes, get in touch with us. Email us, uh, honestbikeshow at gmail.com. We have a Twitter account, the name of which will probably be changing soon. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know. Leave us a review on iTunes. Helps us out. Leave us a review. Tell us how awesome you think Francis is. Oh, God. Um, it's going to do good things. And we'll, we'll catch you next week. It'll just be me and Mario next week. Well, and a mystery guest. <gasps> we have a really exciting show when we're going to talk to someone who has, like, fun opinions about things yeah opinions my opinions are boring <laughs> corporate oh, no <laughs> one night only <laughs> opinions on the honest bicycle program <laughs> make it a rare appearance okay good night everyone scene.